Welcome back to another episode of Sketch Nerds, where we break down sketch comedy. What works, what doesn't work, what we like, what we don't like, and why. I'm Seth Alcorn, usually a panelist, today your replacement moderator. We're also, today, going to talk about sketches from Saturday Night Live and The Midnight Show. You can find information about the podcast, as well as the sketches we're going to be discussing, at badmedicinecomedy.com slash sketchnerds. So, uh, we are joined by Stephen Hale, and uh, Stephen, why don't you uh, introduce yourself a little more. Tell us a little bit about your background in comedy. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. I don't know if I should make eye contact with you guys or if I should. Yeah, it's s- creepy if you don't. Yeah, you're at the mic. Yeah. I don't know what I should do here. Uh, we're well, people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first time I'm meeting you, so it is kind of. Uh, yeah, and yeah. we're sitting. I'm sitting pretty close to Julian, so yeah. it's a little awkward. That yeah. was a, a mistake smell. on our part. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're sorry. Um, uh, okay. Well, talk about. I guess I'll talk about myself. I'll try and do it uh, as fast uh, as possible. Uh, I've been doing sketch comedy for 15, 16 years. Uh, when I was eighteen, I moved to New York City to go to acting school, and um, I started doing stand-up comedy there. And one winter in New York City was enough for me, and I moved to Los Angeles, and I went to an acting conservatory there. And while I was doing that, I started performing stand-up comedy. I met some friends who were doing sketch comedy, and we started performing at Improv Olympic. And from there, I started taking classes at the Groundlings and performing more sketch comedy shows with my first sketch group, which was the the Winchester Preparatory Sketch Academy. And as I was taking classes with the Groundlings, UCB was also opening up. So the thing about the Groundlings, they're super popular, right? And so you can do like level one and level two back to back. But then if like they pass you from level two to like level three, you got to wait like a fucking year and a half. So you're like, what do I do? And then if you get passed from like level three to level four, it's like another year and a half. So I think I was like 19 or 20 when I got passed from level two to level three. And they're kind of like, well, you're young. And I was like, yeah, but isn't going to be like four or five years before I even get to like the main yeah. company if that would even happen. So during the the time between like level two uh, and three and three and four, UCB opened up uh, mm-hmm. in, in LA and I was lucky enough to kind of get my foot in the door there and start performing with the Winchester Preparatory Sketch Academy. It was, I guess you can compare it to like I don't want to, uh, you can compare it to like early SNL where like they were just trying to get shows on stage, right? Mm-hmm. It was a new right. theater. Oh, yeah. They yeah. wanted material. And so we were able to get up. And I mean, I tell you some of the fucking weirdest stuff. We would just put up things and and so many different, just young, energized people just wanting to put up sketch comedy. So I did UCB. I did Groundlings and then uh, the Midnight Show in L.A. Uh, Can I interrupt to say this is the the very first time we've had somebody from a group that we're going to be discussing on the show. So I'm interested to see how that that plays out. Oh, that's great. That's great. And I'm sorry I'm talking so long. I practiced. No, 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 no. No, No, we need to fill airtime. You're the most qualified person in the room Uh, right now. Definitely true. You guys are in trouble. I mean, Seth is also talented. Julian and I, hey. <laughs> I, uh, uh, I do all right. I try, well, I ended up back in DC, so I yeah. don't know how talented I really am. So, uh, you, I mean, it's not to say. Well, that, you got married and you had kids, so you can blame it on that. Yeah, right? I, no, I blame yeah. my wife daily. I let yeah. her know. I let her know yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. Is, is is she why you moved back to DC? Is that why she they, is? Yeah. Okay. So she's uh, 
so it is her fault. She, yes, she's yeah. much smarter. She's like she's a doctor. She makes uh, a lot more money than I ever did uh, acting and writing. Yeah. And uh, she got a great opportunity out here. So uh, we moved back about three years ago. But um, uh, when I moved back, I didn't know the the comedy scene in D.C. and I didn't know because just didn't know anything. And I reached out to a handful of theaters and the draft house um, comedy was nice enough to kind of sit down and have a discussion with me and allow me to form a group with people. I had no idea who they were, which was kind of pretty incredible. I'd never been around yeah. like just, Hey, I don't know you guys submit some stuff and we'll try and put up a show. And, and they allow me to, to start, uh, allow me to start a, um, a sketch uh, kind of school there too. So I'm oh, teaching, great. which is, yeah. which is great. I just, you know, keeping the juices flowing. So I guess that's a little bit about yeah. myself. People are gonna be like, what the fuck's the groundlings? What's improv Olympic? And so, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, no. I mean, people who listen to this God, podcast, I hope, I, mean, what, I, want, I hope they would know what those, okay, good. What those theaters are. All right, good. But um, like, so when you first moved here and you started doing the, um, you started your own sketch group, uh, what was the experience level of everyone that was trying to, uh, yeah, so you know that's actually a great question because uh, so some of the people I got that are in the group uh, had performed like improv and things like that. But what what really blows me away is teaching here in D.C. The difference is in L.A. Everyone wants to be an actor, right? Yeah. Like everyone wants to be an actor. Everyone wants to be a writer. And then the people here I teach in D.C., I'm like, hey, what do you do? And they're like, I'm a full time lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm like what? And they're like, I've always wanted to try and do this. So. I make my classes perform a show and it's and it's pretty incredible to see people writing sketches for the first time and performing for the first time as opposed to like LA where like everyone's fucking yeah. hamming it up because they're like, oh, I'm an actor. I want to do this. And out here it's like, you're like trying to pull it out of people, and it's 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 completely different. So yeah. like the people I got from my sketch groups, they had they didn't really have sketch experience but they had like improv and being on stage right um so uh, but i based it all off of writing at first i didn't know anyone right. we had people submit their writing samples because for me at the end of the day if we didn't have good material put up yeah like i could have had the best actors in the world and it's like yeah it's we're putting up shitty sketches what is it what is it yeah, no one's gonna right. laugh at them yeah that guy's so, a great actor so but. having been in all those markets now new york dc la what's the best thing about sketch in each of those markets for you oh man i would say uh with la with everyone trying to to do that um you know for a living there's a there's a lot of passion behind it a lot of passion driving it so people are constantly wanting to meet and put up sketches and write and just produce new material which is pretty great dc i, I mean really for me and i and i tell my wife this too what what and i just mentioned it the the fun part is seeing people do it for kind of the first time and and for me to find actual you know really good writers you know you would people come and go yeah i'm a i'm a lawyer or i'm a psychologist and this and that and you're like what i'm going what are we going to get into and then they're really talented but they just not trying to do it for a living yeah um, one of my first improv classes taught by sean westwell he's a he's a mainstay here mm -hmm. um it his first question for the class was how many people here are lawyers and like, like literally six people raise their hand out of like 10. That's so funny. That's literally the first question I ask all the time now. People are like, why is he asking this? And I'm going, because every time out of my 10 or 12 students, half of them 
are lawyers. Yeah. It's so lawyer. Funny. Are so, you a lawyer? I am a lawyer. <laughs> oh, okay. And I'm, you know what? You know, it's it's kind. It can be kind of a boring job, and the, but there are a lot of very smart, creative people, and it's just repressive. Okay, so we <laughs> we need a creative outlet. <laughs> actually, oh. I actually work for a law firm. I'm not a lawyer. I do. I do. Holy shit! Side. What did I get into? Yeah, the the lawyers they do a sketch. Um, it's a video sketch normally, and uh, they do it every year. And it's normally really fucking funny. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, wait, is it the litigators? Litigator. I mean, no, litigators it's, it's, are great yeah, actors. Actually, actually, it's well, it's it's like the the like lower associates. They always they they put on like a a video sketch, and um, it's normally really fucking good. And I'm thinking like, who the fuck wrote this? <laughs> yeah. I just like, are they better than me? Jump in and add that I think the Georgetown. Uh, law school does a, a follies every year where they are encouraged to write their own sketches. So you're getting people who have been trained to do this in law school. Introducing our first sketch today is Stephen Hale. Oh, great. Uh, well, I I, um, you know, I thought about this uh, for a while because I was like, oh, do I try and be like super smart and do like uh, kids in the hall or like a state sketch or like, but then... Um, I'm probably talking too much about it, but uh, uh, I, I decided to go with a, um, a Chris Farley, basically a character. Mm -hmm. um, the reason I went with it um, for me is because sketch comedy and comedy in general is all about commitment, and Farley was fucking king. And in this sketch, you'll see that um, he's done this a couple times before in SNL, and he still just fucking goes for it. At no point does he ever give in to the audience. He doesn't you know, ham it up. He doesn't, you know, smile or, or wait for the last. He just is fully committed. And, and to me, that's exciting when they're just fully engaged, fully committed and uh, everything's thrown out the, uh, out the window and they're just taking all the risks in the world. And let's listen to a clip. Thought you'd seen the last of old Bennett, perhaps. Thought the network bigwigs would have sent Bennett and his negative Q rating on a slow boat to Shanghai. Well, maybe I don't look the part. Uh, I'm not svelte. I don't look comfortable on camera. I'm not savvy. I don't understand what's going on in the news. I'm not likable. I don't get along with people. Uh... All right. So let's talk about this thing. Steven, as a writer, what are the pros and cons of a recurring character? Well, I mean, the pros are if it, if it does well, uh, you're going to step on stage and people are going to cheer for you. Um, I mean, that's always nice, especially if it's something that, that goes over well. Um, the cons, you know, and it's, and I've had these talks with, um, my sketch groups before, cause we, we always had these reoccurring roles, but the cons are, how do you make it different each time? Um, we had some reoccurring characters in the midnight show, uh, in, in Los Angeles. Um, how Rudnick did one, um, called Eric Jennifer, which was, fantastic and it worked every single time because it was just all there was always something a little different about it that's the hardest not necessarily con but that's gonna be the hardest thing as as a writer to go how can i still make this funny and also different to throw the audience off because if it's the same thing the audience is going to give you those you know those uh nice laughs but how can you really make a difference uh to 
surprise the audience. And so I think that's kind of like the pros and cons with this. Yeah. And we talked about that too, because we, we once did, um, uh, now I'm fucking forgetting. Uh, uh, Gaucho Marx. We're like, Gaucho Marx. Uh, grou- Gaucho Marx is the South American equivalent. Yeah. This will make Thank for you. a good yeah. Uh, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but like, if you've like fallen to the same character and then you kind of get stuck just doing that character. But so what modern audiences want is like, how do you give them a new reason for being in this scene? And uh, and then also like elevating their already recognizable mannerisms. So like if you're doing uh, Chris Farley's um, character, oh, what was it? Matt Foley. Matt Foley. Yeah. You do Matt Foley, but it has to be the same where, where, where the um, audience will recognize it, but just different and heightened enough for where it keeps it interesting. Yeah, I think it also, I mean, it does, I know I mentioned commitment a couple of times, but it comes back to how committed the actor is. I don't have the actor card. Does someone have the actor card? We oh, have yeah. cards in front of us. Oh, so no, oh, so I can no one has about, the actor no, card. I'll talk, yeah. about that. Well, but, talk about being an actor. Oh, but comedian, I guess yeah. that's well, similar. I, I, yeah, I can talk. So, so it's interesting. I just, I, I watched a, like a biography documentary kind of thing about Chris Farley not that long ago. And, and one of the people is it um, I am Chris Foley? I, mean, I, I, I am Chris oh Foley. I think God, that might have yeah. been what it was. Yeah. Julian's but some, drinking over someone here. else from Saturday Night Live, <laughs> he is drinking. Yes. No, but one one of the one of the cast members said something. He was so committed to those characters that he never actually took the time to find a way to execute some of the physical elements without hurting himself. Ooh. So like he, I guess, like when he fell on the coffee table and that really famous end to that sketch, you know, he never thought Maybe there, maybe I can like tuck and roll a little bit so that I don't go face face first into a glass table. He was just like, nope, I'm gonna do it this way. I mean, that's why, and that's why it works. It's it's yeah. the full on commitment. Years ago, uh, I did something on Mad TV. If you remember Mad TV on Fox, oh, yeah. right? So I, I did. I was on an episode of that, and Bobby Lee had to do. I don't know if you guys know Bobby Lee. He had to do a. Um, he had to do like a stage fall through a fake glass window and i remember the director going well like how are we going to do this and him going yeah we'll just we'll just fucking do it i'm going really and he threw himself through this window so hard i mean i thought he was dead i was like no way and he wasn't and he got up and you just go that's i mean that's it that's fucking commitment and that's yeah you know i don't know about chris farley but I, i i would think that after he did some of these characters he was fucking exhausted oh yeah i mean right because he's just putting everything into it and i think that's what sells it if you if you're doing a character that people know and you go out there and you half-ass it fuck you right i mean because the audience is gonna know and they're gonna like i said they're gonna give you those little kind of laughs that's not right I mean, well, you can't fake, you know, he, you can see him be visibly like the cheeks get red oh, and yeah. like the, 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 the little sweat. sheen of yeah. sweat yeah. and like him kind of like having to push his hair back and everything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of those I'm sure were like planned out character ticks, but some of them are just very real reactions to like, I'm sweating. So my glasses are slipping down yeah. my face. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's present in the scene too, yeah. right? I mean, it's like acting acting is reacting and it's and you do that in sketch comedy too if you're if you're on stage and something is happening to you or to someone else and you're just and you're and you're not doing anything you're mm-hmm. not reacting you're not you have to be present it's, and even right. i mean i know we're not doing dramatic material here but even as a sketch comedian on stage you have to be reacting and that's what yeah. he did perfectly you know yeah. speaking we, of which we've had that experience on stage though or i mean like i 
Uh, mean, especially with audience participation stuff. Well, with audience participation stuff, we have to be reactive to it. But I know, you know, if we even if we've rehearsed a sketch a certain way, you know, eight, 16 times, however many times, sometimes like if the audience is really into it, you find a way to just like push it even just that little bit further. Like we we had one sketch that ends with me like, you know, sticking my fingers in a jar of jelly and, you know, the audience was super into it. And I'm like, I'm just going to put this on Andy's face now. And it killed. But I'm like, and then I apologized to him afterwards. Like, I know we did not rehearse it that way, but it just felt like in that moment, I needed to put my jelly-covered hand on your face. (laughs) Yeah, but that's, I mean, hopefully he was okay with that. Yeah, yeah. No, he totally got it. He's like, yeah, no, it killed. I think we've all had that feeling about Andy. I know I have. Yeah. (laughs) Did I say that was on stage? I did. But while we're we're on the subject... uh, in this particular sketch, the end goes horribly wrong. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. Uh, so, I, Julian, as a director, tell me, first of all, why we like it when things go wrong. And then after that, in the context of what we've been talking about, talking about being present, how does that help when something does go wrong? Well, it helps when you have a dynamic performer that, that literally will just take anything and use it. But um, so like the the technical issue that happened. So basically, the um, his wires for his uh, well, the, the, they got hooked on yeah, the they, light. They, right. they, 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 they were going to fly him out. Yeah, they I, were I think, fly him out. Yeah, uh, which which it didn't seem to fit at the time because like, he was he was still listing off a bunch of things. Oh, I actually thought that if they if they'd flown him out successfully, it was just going to be one of those things. that was like you can't get rid of me, and then yeah, right. Yeah, yeah network yeah. just takes and him maybe right that's out. what it was supposed to be. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like basically the the classic like uh, hook. You yeah, get hooked off stage, but he, but he also made a joke of that. It was just like well, well like, yeah. They can't lift me, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, like, the, as the, as the, like the grips are trying to figure out how to get the the wires to clear the lighting. I uh, didn't even he, know it was an error until yeah. they got it to work right because he played it off so well yeah. as like I have a weight problem. Mm-hmm. Like it just felt like the natural next element in his list of like maybe I'm too fat to yeah, fly yeah, yeah. or something like. I mean, that. that's his character, but it but but again, mm. he never. Right. Ever broke. Bro. I mean, he just kind of just yeah. went with it. I mean, yeah. he was just eating it up. I mean, something like that. And, and it goes to what you're saying. Maybe, like, the director was just saying, like, how do we do this? And he was, Chris Farley was just like, well, we're just going to do it. It's going to work. Yeah. You know, and that they didn't really figure out the technical aspects of it. So, and, and even when they did get it to work, the way I don't think it was supposed to be shot this way, but the the way the camera work showed it would it it ended up being like a weird Peter Pan thing where they just yeah. sort of flew him over the audience in a moment of wonder. Yeah, <laughs> but then he sort of stalled out somewhere in the audience, and they were just looking up at him like, yeah. "Oh my God, yeah. Chris Farley is going to fall on me, and that is not going to go well." <laughs> All right, EK, I got a question for you. You're going to like it. Sure. Is this a list sketch? (laughs) There is no... (laughs) So if this is your first time coming to Sketch Nerds, you will hear these guys talk a lot about list sketches. I do not believe these things are real. I think it's a term they made up. (laughs) Oh, list sketch? List List sketch. sketch. Oh, yeah. 
You don't think it's real? What is it? It's, every it's every like time you're just listening, <laughs> you're just listening <laughs> thing. It's every like, time I've asked them to define it, well, it's this and it's this, but it's also sort of this. I'm like, that's not. Nah, yeah, just a list. I mean, I would say it's a list. I would say it's a list. You don't believe in them, though. No. <laughs> no, I believe in lists. I do believe lists exist. You're a lawyer, right? Yeah. Don't really make weird. Of- like we're all big bird. The list sketches are Snuffleupagus, and EK is the remaining cast members of Sesame Street. Is what's happening. Doesn't make any fucking sense. No, I just watched Sesame Street before I got here. He my has son children and it. he's confused. Yeah, that's that's okay. <laughs> you right. went for it though. I did. Yeah, he was committed. I'm gonna yeah. go for it again. But uh, <laughs> all right, EK, I know you don't believe in list sketches. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> but what he's doing is going through and he's just listing a number of qualities that would make him uh bad for TV. Mm-hmm. So, since he is listing a number of qualities that would make him bad for TV, and that is the joke. Well, it's not just bad for TV. It's just bad to, well, to be true. around, to yes. work with, to generally have as a human being who wants to be around other human beings. Agreed. But, yeah. <laughs> so, I have to ask, like, is the list kind of autobiographical a little bit? I, I think what also draws me to this is, is like, it's self-deprecating. Yeah. And, like... He makes fun of himself, and that's also why I think he does so well, right, with his oh, yeah. weight. And I'm sure he didn't really stink and, like, have no, yeah. cakes stuck under his arm, yeah. right, the other cakes. <laughs> but, like, but, uh, I mean, he, people eat it up because he, it is being self-deprecating. He yeah. was fucking, I mean, he was king, right? Yeah, and then, oh, yeah. Like, definitely. For definitely. him to make fun of himself, I think. He says, he like, I'm not buff. And then his one of his first episodes, he's with Patrick, uh, Patrick Swayze. Mm-hmm. Doing the oh, Chippendales sketch. The Chippendales. Oh my yeah. God. That's Which such is a great still one sketch. of the best. It's yeah. just like, I don't look, I don't look comfortable time. on camera. And then he has um, the Chris Farley show on SNL where he interviews people and he's like really awkward and nervous. So I have to like, one of like, maybe this may be a little, like, bits of it are just like autobiographical where he's just like telling NBC, like, hey, I'm still a fucking king though. You know, like, I'm still. But he he played. I mean, I I think the characters he chose to play, the sketches he he really shined in. There's definitely a self awareness there of the both his strengths as a performer and also the physical attributes that he just can't necessarily get away from. And so you can either find a way to really embrace those and make it a part of a strength of your performance and your character, or you can try to fight it. And I I think one of the reasons he stands out as such an incredible performer is he just embraced everything that he had about him personally, his energy level, like, you know, his, the sort of squintiness of of his face and, you know, his physical size and just said, I am unapologetically going to just go balls to the wall with this. And there is no shame. There is no nothing. This is just. I don't know if you've like read any of the biographies on him or anything. He was the same way in the writer's room too. People would specifically like for him to be one of the people reading their sketches to be, you know, when they're just trying to figure out what's going to be on the show, because he would just give so much energy to everything, especially in those beginning years, they said, because he wanted to be in stuff and he was just, mm-hmm. but yeah. he also exuded just energy. He just loved what he did. And so I think that's what also probably stands out is, yeah, he did it on stage, but even behind closed doors, everyone said, hey, you know, he's, 
he's the best. Like he's such he's a nice yeah. guy, but he'll give it his all for your sketch. Yeah. You know, whatever. He'll yeah, he'll give 110%. But, but he was never a writer, which I find fascinating. He was strictly a performer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I'm like, which normally you see people who at least do a little bit of writing in that context, but he was yeah. just no. No. I, I think people just feed off his presence because that, that's one thing. I also did some a little bit of research too, where and like a lot of the interviews I read, they just said that he had like a really commanding presence. Yeah. When he comes into a room, everyone kind of like right perked up. It was the same bit. with yeah. Belushi too, right? Like yeah. when mm-hmm. Belushi, when they were first casting SNL, they said Belushi came in. I think they're you know they're auditioning 30, 40 different people to see who's beyond. And he fucking he marched by all of them and just all this energy and they go well immediately yep he's our guy I mean just yeah. he enjoyed it he had so much fun yeah, yeah not it. to bring it down too much but sadly similar trajectories for both of those oh, guys oh yeah, yeah. yeah 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 um, no you did bring it down I did so let me <laughs> thanks Seth. let me let me ask something uh, we weren't so much irrelevant. here. Or here, uh-huh. but we were right here. Oh, I see. All right. Well, I think that's as good enough yeah. as any to end this first segment on a real down note, Nikkei making fun of me. This podcast is brought to you by the sketch comedy troupe Bad Medicine, DC's best sketch comedy about the worst of humanity. Visit badmedicinecomedy.com for info about live shows, workshops, and t-shirts for people who love comedy. All right, and introducing our second sketch is Julian. Julian, take it away. Yes, uh, the sketch I brought is from The Midnight Show, which Stephen was a part of in L.A. It's called El Gato um, by Heather Ann Campbell, who's one of my personal comedy idols. I I first found The Midnight Show. I never actually saw them live. I wish I could have. But um, I You're first, sitting next to it I, right I, now. No. And like just, I'm pointing, isn't it? You're like, I'm just like sweating so much. There's I am way more so flannel than I thought there would be. <laughs> that is true. That and I it's not in, even in the 90s. I, normally when I teach the classes, they're like, who the fuck is this baseball player trying to be? <laughs> I would have said lumberjack myself. Oh, lumberjack. But okay. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That too, yeah. Bring me jokes and wood. <laughs> this guy doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. He got a beard trying to look like a tough guy. <laughs> Uh, Sorry, I, go ahead. Yeah, you, were, yeah. you were saying about yeah. my awesome sketch group? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just taking classes. I would take the bus up to New York, take classes, UCB, uh, sketch classes. And I was just trying to consume like all of the, any UCB sketch thing I could find uh, on YouTube. And I discovered the Midnight Show. And you guys were so like aggressive and like, just like in your face. And it was just like, you guys would do just crazy stuff. Like, like I saw um, uh, one sketch where you guys were just eating up just buckets of chicken from Arby's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was, yeah. That's uh, that was like a typical midnight show uh, <laughs> sketch. <laughs> we, I mean, and, and I am I allowed to interrupt? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, yeah. that's I think that's what uh, we did. Um, we we pushed it like we always pushed yeah. the boundaries, and it didn't matter how. Gross it got, and it fucking got gross. I mean, I can't tell you how many times. Heather wrote a sketch one time. It was on, um, it was like an April Fool's show, and I didn't know about it, and I was in the sketch, and I was supposed to be a workout guy, and my character was supposed to drink like tons of coconut water, right? This keeps me hydrated. But before I got on stage, they put up a, a, a sign and uh, and let the audience know, oh, Steven doesn't know we replaced the coconut water with clam juice. And so oh. I, mean, I chugged probably... 
you know, eight to ten. Clamato. I didn't find out until afterwards, and I but I I knew on stage. I think I made a comment like this doesn't taste right. Yeah. And uh, someone told me backstage, you're like, oh my god, we didn't think this sketch was gonna finish because I was like being committed. I was like, I'm gonna power through this fucking thing. And yeah. I was chugging it, but like that's what we did. We would like we would push the boundaries right to see how far we could we could go. I mean, everything everything we did, I mean, that's... Yeah, it, it seems like sometimes you, know, you guys were fucking with each other. I, like, yeah, I think towards the end. And so, you know, I moved away and they still did a couple more years. They just, in August, they finished, right? They did 10 years straight of oh, monthly wow. sold-out shows and they, 10 years was it. But, um, you know, towards the end, even when I left, it, it literally got to the point, I think, where... One or two of the sketches were like, let's see what we can have this guy do this time. You know, whoever yeah. it was. And yeah. I have an awful like gag reflex. And so I was always kind of like <laughs> the go-to guy to do anything that would possibly make me throw up. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Fun times. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, talk about the yeah, sketch. Yeah, right. yeah, my sketch. Actually, why don't we why don't we Il Gato by Heather Ann right. Campbell? Uh Heather, I'll just give real quick about Heather yeah. Ann Campbell, um, because she's fucking awesome. Uh, she studied improv at I.O., Improv Theater, uh, I'm sorry, Improv Olympic, at um, the age of 15 in Chicago. What? Yeah, under Del Close, who uh, oh. is, a, yeah, wow. is obviously a legend. Um, she wrote for SNL. She, uh, well, I'm sorry, after that, she went to uh, uh, Amsterdam to do Boom Chicago, and then she uh, wrote for SNL. She's been on Whose Line Is It Anyway? Uh, I, I want to say even... Went to Currently, Amsterdam to do Boom Chicago. Don't ask. So, yeah. Just don't ask. So, just go with. Oh, it. it's a touring company. Second, okay. Yeah. Second wow. City has a. Has a um, <laughs> they have a base there. Yeah. Yeah. They Amsterdam. have. A, they have like a permanent show. You like audition and you're in the yeah, yeah. show. Gotcha. With Jordan okay. Peele and uh, also she's also uh, writing for Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone. <gasps> oh, really? I, I saw on Instagram. I don't know if she. Yeah, I saw that on Instagram. Well, I saw that she writes for Eric Andre. And yeah, I know, I know, we did an episode where we talked about, you know, the the game, not the game show, the talk show format. Like, how often does that get flipped? And I love Eric Andre because it is that flip. I'm like, are you the creative genius behind this, Heather? Like, <laughs> you guys are so disappointed that you got Stephen Hale. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're fine. I did fine. email her. You're though. okay. I did, I did email her. About, do you need to? Do you need to play a clip? And, we should probably play a oh, clip. Sure. Let's, play let's a go clip. ahead and do that real quick. Okay. So we're gonna cut to a clip. Your car did this? Yeah. I will meet you out front in three minutes' time. I must avenge the death of my sensei. What? Prepare your car and make peace. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Wait, why don't you guys come out? Why don't you laugh after the clips? Uh, I'm just curious. What clip are you going to pick from that sketch? Because isn't it almost all music? Yeah, it's except like all. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. We, we do hope. But wait, that, no, why the you fuck don't you laugh? Are, are coming watching. To, <laughs> aren't you supposed to be pretending like you just watched it? You should be this laughing. This is more like an NPR kind of oh, podcast. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, very so, serious yeah, and analytical. Very, yeah. very serious. <laughs> Uh, but I, I did email, so I emailed um, Heather when I found out that you were you were doing this, and I I just said, hey, I'm doing a podcast. Is there anything that you wanna you wanna talk about? And um, and and she said she originally wrote the sketch based on something else. She said she wrote it like on a bicycle, hmm. just being left in Amsterdam. But it 
it was interesting how it turned into what it turned into. And, and I think that's kind of the incredible thing is, is people are sometimes set and like, this is what I'm going to write about. And they don't let their ideas expand. Right. right. And so, um, to hear that, oh, it started this one way, but then it turned into that, I thought was pretty great. And she, the guy that directed it um, was Peter Atencio, and he directed all the Key and Peele episodes, and he originally didn't want to use the music. Oh, really? And she wanted wow. to use the music, and then she made a point of saying, well, I wrote for SNL, and <laughs> he directed Key and Peele, so I guess we were both fucking writers. <laughs> He's a fucking smart ass. Yeah. Uh, but it, but it, was, it was interesting to hear how, you know, it starts with one idea and then it does turn into something completely different. And that's one of the fur uh, like one of the early, early ones that they did too. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. One of the early videos. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So let me start this off with a question. I'm going to throw this open because I don't know who knows what about what, but how does this capture the elements of spaghetti westerns and kung fu movies, and how does that translate into effect parody? Ooh, so that was with the note that I fucking made, too. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, it, Wait, you knew that? Did you know that question I, was coming? No, I didn't know that was coming. Uh, but, no. but, that, but that, that's, I mean, that's the first thought you're supposed to yeah, have watching yeah. it, right? It's like, it's a dead-on parody right. of, like, yeah. a lot of those kung fu movies. Tarantino tried to... What, what, Kurosawa. Did with, um, Kill Bill. With, uh, Kill Bill. Yeah. yeah. But, like, it's basically just, like, spaghetti westerns with Clint Eastwood. And um, it's specifically, I want to say that... This could be totally wrong, based on what uh, she might have uh, been going for it. But for me, it just felt like the uh, kung fu movies from, specifically from China, that were coming out in the 70s, mm -hmm. like um, uh, Jackie Chan's uh, Drunken Master. Okay. You know, uh, the Five Jackie, Deadly Venoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the stuff Wu-Tang was into. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it, it, so to me, it just, like, for cap, it just embodied all of that. In a way that, in a way, in, in a similar way that Kill Bill. Someone did. just opened the door. That that's why yeah. there was a horrified pause. While <laughs> we all went, Who could be doing? Like, this? I was thinking about was cop, all the samurai like, movies, and then I'm just like, we're gonna have to jump up and have a fight. <laughs> I, I actually, that was actually one of my questions while watching this. Um, it, it, Kung, the choice of kung fu was a little bit strange to me because so many of the Western spaghetti or otherwise draw on samurai movies, usually yeah. Akira Kurosawa's samurai movies. So I thought if you're going to mix those, it made more sense to me to put the Western music with uh, her as a samurai rather than as kung fu. But it, it it worked out fine, audience. If you haven't watched it, you should go watch <laughs> it right now. Otherwise, you have no idea what we're talking about. But I, I thought that was an interesting choice to go with kung fu rather than a samurai uh, yeah. theme. Because those kung fu movies came back into prominence in the 90s. That's when I was like big into Jackie Chan. And then the 80s a little bit with Jet Li. That, that, so that, that, that's when it was like. Was super. Jet Li in the 80s? I think uh, I Jet think Li he, was in the 80s. I think he was in the 90s, wasn't he? Jackie Chan was in the 70s. And then also like um, what? what are you talking? Yeah. I, Wait, I, Jackie I, Chan's still I alive, right? I remember seeing yeah. Rumble in the Bronx. But he was like, like that was his first yeah, big he, like U.S. breakthrough. Yeah, 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 but he yeah. did Rumble, stuff like Drunken Master in China. Yeah, yeah. But you can't yeah. say he was a creature exclusively of the '70s when like no, Jackie Chan that. emerged just, as like Jet an Lee's international like the early 2000s. Yeah, and he was in those movies with Jason Statham and Sylvester Stallone. Yes. With yes. The, yes. The big, Julian, what the fuck? This is the be, first time I've met you. I feel like you are in a time martial arts right history. <laughs> Damn. Let's let's just say <laughs> that there is a a rich 
history Obvious. of Chinese okay. kung fu I just cinema want, I just that has made its out, way to the States. I just got time mansplained to me by our producer, Isaiah Heaton. He wrote down, young Jet Li was in the 80s. Thank you, Isaiah. Thank you for explaining <laughs> right, to me yeah, that yeah. Jet Li yeah, was young in the redeemed? 80s and is older Fuck. now. Hold on. <laughs> it, it, it's, I'm fucking Googling. If, if, I, I think, I don't know. I'm going to keep talking about this because this is what we're on about right now. Yeah. But I think if we're going to pick a Let's 70s go Kung Fu icon, it's got to be Bruce Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then Jackie Chan was definitely doing work in the 70s. He sort of inherited yeah, the mantle, Masters if you will, in the early 80s and continued to go on Okay. In the 90s. 78's um, pretty much 80s, but yeah, that's we'll like, give it to you, Julie. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think what also kind of works well with this this sketch and what's hard to do sometimes is like this the no dialogue, right? Like yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This the silence. And I've seen some sketches where people try and do that silence and it just doesn't work. And then some that that kill. I think it works well in in this, especially that opening it's, yes it's, yeah it's really yeah. dragged out and it's like super awkward but i think it works really well and it could be the music too but i think the reactions from you know yeah. both of them. i, I, I was have to say, say that, that heather's choice to use music was absolutely correct because at least for me i'm like okay great i don't need to think about this right. i'm aware of what this is it's yeah. a showdown we're gonna wait and then yeah. they do the the specifically spaghetti western tight close up on the eyes Tight close up on the eyes. Yeah. Let's watch those eyes shifting. Let's it, watch the the tear stains right, down her cheeks. Yeah, it's right. great. It, it might as well be Clint Eastwood in a poncho. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, so like, how cool is it? And I'm just saying this totally biased. Totally biased. Um, how cool is it that you can have that pacing for a for a sketch that you're going to put online for a video sketch, particularly? Well, and let it's me long. let it's me long. ask this because it's, yeah. it's the the but, actual the next question is: yeah. Do you think video is more or less forgiving? than stage sketch in terms of having that kind of a long buildup. That's a great, I mean, that's a, that's a great question. I, I mean, I don't, I for one love silence and like, and just dragging it along yeah. with the audience. I, I feel like people are sometimes too afraid to sit in the silence. We've I don't. Got, I mean, we've it's, got a sketch for you. Yeah. <laughs> Even as a performer, like you're, if you're on stage and you're just doing something and you're totally fucking silent, people are trying, the audience is trying to understand what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You're not necessarily getting laughs. Yeah. There's a tendency to try to, you know, do something wacky or something like that to get a laugh. Yeah. But, it, it definitely, yeah. I mean, it, it plays, it w I think it plays better in the video than if they, this were to somehow be on stage because of the cutting back and forth. Yeah. It is yeah. silent still, but there, I mean, there's activity. A hundred percent. You got the close ups yeah. and the music and things like that. But I will say, you know, for performers, don't, don't ever be afraid to sit in that silence. I know yeah. you sketch comedy, but so fucking what? Just sit, just like let it, it happen. If nothing else, you'll get nervous laughter because people won't know what's going on. Right. And they're, they're, they'll just start laughing and they won't know why. Right. And then you can have the character like respond to that just a hair and then cut it back into the silence and people like we and they'll be so confused and again they'll laugh because they have nothing else to do right at that point and at that point you might have them so right. yeah. yeah 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 one thing i want to talk about is um how do you like create drama for laughter in this what? case well how do so you like create so like in in the, the the very first scene it's pretty dramatic and like 
I don't know if anyone was laughing. I, I kind of was because I, I. But it's, I, I, I mean, it's dramatic. I, 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 but I get it's, this but genre. it's so absurd yeah. because it's a woman in a like gi. in a, a gi, gi facing in off front against of a car. That's a, it. But it's not just a car. Yeah. It, I think it's like a Toyota Corolla or something yeah. incredibly basic. Yeah. It almost looks like she could win. Like right. it's that kind well, of car. Yeah. And she does eventually. Yeah, and it's just this really like you know s- similar to the car. It's this kind of like nondescript white dude who's a little bit confused yes. but also conflicted like I don't and I but, that, but, but that's what I'm saying like the whole funny part of it is how dramatic it is so like you're creating this drama for laughter well it's it's yeah. not I was gonna say it's not unlike like, not completely like what we what we talked about in a previous episode where we're Liam Neeson trying to be funny and all he's doing is being dramatic it's drama in the wrong context right so it's a dramatic standoff again between a woman in a gi and a confused white guy in a Toyota Corolla. That's it that's might, not drama. That's absurdity, as Ek pointed the out. The situation though yeah. is is absurd. Yeah. I think right. that's what. Yeah, I mean, if he were to come and say, "I didn't run over your cat. I ran over your baby," you'd be like, well, "This isn't fucking funny." No. Yeah. So the situation is is right. absurd too. Yeah. Um, Drama's hard sometimes. I did a sketch years ago. Uh, it was it was when I was with the Groundlings in their Sunday company and. We thought it would fucking kill, and it starts with me and this girl at a at a funeral for a music teacher, and we play it really serious, really sad, and we're supposed to break into song and stuff, and we're like, this is, you know, in classic killed, right, with our, and it fucking bombed because mm. you st- we started it way too serious. Mm. Like, we were, you know, almost in the verge of tears saying, oh, we love our teacher, this and that. So I think that's different where that's harder to start with something very serious and then trying to get laughs from there yeah. as opposed to, you know, the a girl or lady wearing a, a gi and staring yeah. someone down in a car. So, like, would the sketch be totally different if it started with, hey, I'm sorry I killed your cat? Yes. Well, I think it would yeah. be interesting to see someone's reaction to it who didn't know going into it that it was intended as a comedy video just to, like, see what is that initial reaction because maybe you get that discomfort and then you get laughter just from the uneasiness. But, I mean, we all watched it through the lens of, like, this is a sketch comedy video. I, I have to think that the music's going to tell them it's a comedy. Yeah. You would you would think. I would think that. Because, like, the first scene, do you think that like, it's just, like, woman's going to fight a car? And that is so like like anyone that should have been the title of the sketch right any, there. Woman's anyone, gonna fight a car. Anyone yeah. is gonna fight a car. Yeah, and like you you get the sense with the action shots. Comedy is in the detail. Woman the fights music. a Honda. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you like the music. Also, do you understand the genre? I think genre played a huge key. Oh, oh yeah, oh, and and so shot like, for shot, it yeah. stayed so true to that yeah. to so, that type of film. That, yeah. and, and, and that's what I mean. Like just creating that drama. It's almost atmospheric. It it's, makes it so funny because she's about to fight a car. <laughs> yes, that's absolutely true. <laughs> All right, so uh, quick question about structure. Does the sketch use a three-beat structure? And if not, what's the structure of the sketch? I Dead air is I, always good, folks. We like that. We're sitting in the silence. We just talked about this, Seth. It's not great for podcasts. <laughs> um, I mean, I, uh, I probably shouldn't say this, but... I fucking hate the three beat structure. That's fine. Oh yeah, you I can just, hate it. I, I mean, I, I don't. I, I don't. I, I, I'm curious though, because you teach you mm-hmm. teach comedy writing. I, I I know when Julian and I teach a sketch writing workshop as well, and I find that for people to kind of as something to give people 
a way to ground themselves and especially people who need to feel like they've checked the box on a formula, I think it's great for beginners. But I'm curious, like, how you approach it from, from a more advanced standpoint. Well, I mean, I, I I go at it as I let people kind of figure it out on on their own as opposed to saying, hey, there should be three beats or make sure you do the outline beginning, middle, and end. For me, I, I come at it from a different angle where it's and, – and I think I get this from – kind of uh, the groundling side um, where it's just you you just go and you do and then we see what works. I think when you say make sure you got those three beats in there, for me, I feel like it limits. It's going, I got to hit this beat, hit this beat and hit this beat as opposed to, you know, I don't care if someone comes with a 10-page sketch and there's 20 beats. We can, we can find the right things. I just think sometimes the three beats, people get too focused on that and – uh, especially for new people, it kind of holds them back. That's that's where I I, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I just kind of make it yeah. up as I go. <laughs> but that's that's yeah. where I come. That's where I come at it. Yeah, I mean, and for groundlings, and and, and I've never taken classes at groundlings or anything like that. But from what I've heard, is that like you guys can't maybe start with a character, just flesh that character out, and then put them in a situation where we can see their perspective. Mm-hmm. And then and then just build a sketch around that, right? But I mean, so yeah, so yeah, Groundlings is, is very heavy character based, and that's why I didn't do so. That's why I didn't get to the main company because my character is just a loud yelling guy. Fucking <laughs> time, like takes it up, Steven. I'm like, but this guy yells. Listen to this next guy. He yells. <laughs> I have to say that's that's weird to me because the Groundlings fed into Saturday Night Live, and uh, there are a number of loud yelly characters on <laughs> SNL. But, yeah. They were getting away from that. They were getting into like yeah, the real like characters' impressions, and I was like, yeah, I can't. I don't. I don't do that. I do situational. Come watch me yell at a vacuum. Um, <laughs> but even but UCB, I don't think I was ever taught the three beats there. UCB was all the game. Right, um, yeah. And so yeah. maybe that's where I come at it that, that way. Not to say you guys no, are doing yeah. it right, you're doing it right. I mean, no, I mean, you gotta, you gotta start somewhere, especially when you have people who don't know how to write comedy and they they just need something. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, just try this. And then once you get comfortable with the basic elements, like, then go nuts. And, I mean, you see yeah. that, I think you see that evolution in, in most comedians and comedy writers in general. Right. And and when we first taught the class, um, we, we, we only taught, actually, we only taught, like, maybe three classes, right? Yeah. Something like that. But we, our very first class, so we were teaching game, too, because uh, we kind of believe in game, because um, it's just an easier way to express, like, a comedic idea. But we found that students were just like, well, like, like, how do I apply this? And so as we did the three B. But that might also be a DC it, thing it, it where a lot of people like thing. rules, yeah, like <laughs> regulations, <laughs> yeah, codes yeah, and structure. Just, yeah, they, Tell me exactly what to Tell do. me how to succeed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be the best. <laughs> and with that, we're moving on to our next segment. Time for final thoughts. Steven. As the guest, uh, oh God, would you me. like to come up with a rating system for the sketches? Uh, Remember, I'm it is arbitrary. S- oh, my God. I'm still so fucking confused on what this is. I played <laughs> dumb. I was like, you, like before we started, I was like, tell me. And he has explained it. And I was like, okay, yeah, I get it. I don't know what the fuck we're doing. So, this is exactly how our classes go, too. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Makes you feel like a really great teacher. <laughs> You're like, well, well, so we talked about. I'm glad I already have your money. <laughs> the, the air quotes. So that'll be the rating, the air, the air quotes. Okay. So 
<laughs> so let me, okay. So, air quotes. so for those of you who watched the first sketch, and let me remind you that if you haven't watched the sketches, it's very important to do that before you listen to our commentary. Uh, Chris Farley's character true. was <laughs> making a lot of air quotes. So uh, are fewer air quotes good or are more air quotes good? Oh, we'll, we'll go more. We'll mm. go like NBA instead of golf. Okay. Right? All yeah, right. we'll go. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, I, I think you're taking a great leap of faith, assuming that people who listen to this podcast <laughs> know sports. All right. But all right. <laughs> more points. It's like Jeopardy, right? You there want we go. a lot of money in Jeopardy. Yeah, so yep. like Jeopardy. Okay. Okay. So, uh, Julian, we're going to go ahead and start with you. Okay. How many air quotes would you give uh, Chris Farley as Bennett Brower? I would give a um, one-handed air quote with one finger, the middle finger, and I'd be touching someone's face, like the corner of their eye. Julian, why did I start with you? Yeah. Why did I make that mistake? Uh, that's that so was much I was really mistake. hoping Julian would like <laughs> sell it for me, and I'd be like, okay, now I get it. And now I'm no, even more no, yeah. confused. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can you, Don't could worry you about so it. So just a little bit. That's, mm-hmm. that's just how I, 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 that's so much I like Chris, Chris Farley's performance. That you want to stroke him with your middle finger? Just the corner of his eye with my middle finger. Was it my fault with the air quotes? quotes. No. Thinking, no. Oh. no, it is Ooh, not your fault at all. Maybe the middle finger is on the corner of the eye and the index finger is on the sort of cheekbone is this before or after my, he started sweating i think my favorite thing Ooh, about this is after this, this after you want a little lubrication this, this part is absurd anyway and then julian takes <laughs> then it all the way into the realm too. of the surreal yeah. it's fantastic are you gonna are you gonna lick your fingers afterwards Absolutely. Okay. ek why don't why don't you Give us your rating rather than grossing us out. <laughs> you guys, you, you, this happens every show, right? Just yeah, about, yeah. Am I the show. only one? Yeah, am no, I the only guest that's just like? I will say that this is about as far as I've heard Julia take it. Oh, okay. But uh, okay, so I'm bringing. But I did the say table. the N word yeah. a bunch of times. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I forgot about the four N words. Yeah. Yes, you oh, yeah. said the N word. Yes, I'm black and Mexican. So oh, okay. So that. he's allowed. <laughs> and the rest of us still <laughs> stared at him in horror Have when we, we asked him to rate I mean, a sketch, and he's like, I'm going to give it four N-words. And we were like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm out. Yeah. I'm done. We've <laughs> since deleted that episode, so don't worry. <laughs> did it? Did we delete no, it? No, we didn't. It, we no, didn't it's, been it's been deleted. It's been deleted. Is it deleted, deleted, producer? Isaiah? Maybe. You it's, can't. It, well, you can't waver okay. on the fact that uh, it either was or it wasn't. Is it in the cloud? It's in the cloud. For our future Patreon subscribers at the $10 level, <laughs> you will be able to hear that episode. But EK, wow. Wow. why don't you rate this I'm gonna give. Sketch? I'm going to give this one 87 air quotes. And that's mostly because I, I would give it a million air quotes, but I can't quite go that far because for me, this just, this is Chris Farley at like, almost his best, but not quite his best. And so it's less a reflection of this individual sketch as it is like his whole work on Saturday Night Live. I'm going to go ahead and go next. Is that, is that all right? Do you want to oh, go? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to have to give something. All right. I'm yes. going to have to answer? You're going to yeah. have to rate this sketch. <laughs> I have to U- think of something? Using your own rating system. Oh, fuck. Uh, I'm going to give this one 50 air quotes in a van down by the river because I like Matt Foley more than I like Bennett Brower. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm going to give it Two really strong, just air quotes, because I don't have the strongest forearms, but I will put a lot of effort into these two air quotes. Just like Chris Farley did into the character. There we go. All yep. right. Excellent. Oh, that wasn't too bad. No, that's, yeah, oh that's good. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was sweating this for days. <laughs> no, Literally, wow. I was like, I'm wow. going to fucking sound like an idiot. 
All right, so this time... Uh, you guys are supposed to say, no, you didn't sound like an idiot. No, 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 no. commitment. No. That's We're going to go that ahead. Was their, yeah, that was the whole thing for the... He yeah, sounded like a lunatic. I sounded like a pervert, and Seth just sounded like a reasonable human being. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you're no. not a lawyer. Uh, no, I'm not a lawyer. Oh, okay. But I almost got a doctorate in English. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> not the same thing. Not no. the same thing, but it does that involve a lot of... That would be a much more valuable degree. Uh, so uh, we're going to go in reverse order. Stephen, I'm going to I'm going to put you on the spot first this time. Okay. Okay. So rate uh, rate your rate the sketch of your own group, please, in oh, air quotes. I think it's uh, it's unlimited air quotes. And Heather, if you're if you are listening to this, you can um, write me into an episode of the Twilight Zone or something. <gasps> that goes for all of us. We uh, we are all interested in that. I'm a big fan from way back. Yeah, there's something on the wing. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, I will. I will. Take I like the John Lithgow version, by the way, in the movie. Oh, all right. Yeah, I'm all just right. saying. No, no, it's fair enough. He does a great. He does a great version. He like he like managed to out. Overact yeah. William Shatner. Which is, he deserves an award for that. Yeah. yeah. It's like the most acting. So I am going to give this one, I have to think about this now. Uh, it's I am, a sketch comedy. You guys are making it like improv now. A, a I, little bit. Okay. A little right. bit, yeah. I am going to give this one two air quotes around the phrase spaghetti western <laughs> because I loved spaghetti westerns. And for that reason, I love this sketch. Okay. Oh, that was good. That was reasonable again. It made sense. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to get the fucking Julian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're all dreading that moment. <laughs> yeah. We e- can cut it out, right? We e- edit. Can we put a sponsor? <laughs> yeah, we can try. <laughs> EK, you want to give us one last gasp of sanity before <sighs> we descend into Julian's madness? I mean, this sketch was good. It was bad. It was ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Is that going to pick up on the mic? I hope it does. Well, I, I um, hope it will once upon a time in the West. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, Let's keep going. Oh, well, thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> um, for a fistful of air quotes? For a few air quotes more? Okay. <laughs> I will give this one a few air quotes more. I like that. Awesome. I like that. And I'm basing that on no number to begin with in particular. I love the parody element. I love the music. I never pronounce his name correctly. Um, Ennio Morricone? Yes. Um, it, I mean, he is just the master of that entire genre, and so anytime someone uses that music to great effect, I am always thrilled. And this was just, it was original, it was fresh, and I loved it. And I'm not just saying that because you're here. <laughs> Julian? I obviously love this sketch. I love The Midnight Show. I uh, love Heather Ann Campbell. I uh, love everything you guys did in L.A. It's amazing. Um, you never saw a show. I never saw a show, liar. but I saw it all. I, but you guys posted on YouTube, and thank God, um, so that the people like me can uh, can fucking see it. Um, I love how how each scene sort of each joke builds on a past event in each scene, and uh, I love I love like the deconstruction thing that they, that she did. It's kind of Kill Bill esque and uh, spaghetti western esque. So I'm gonna give it the um, I'm gonna give it the ultimate death move to my enemy. Um, it's an air quote to the jugular, and then an air quote to the taint, and then I just ripped them in half. You know, I, I have to say that the air quote to the jugular, I thought we were in a good place. It made sense to me. I liked it, and then we went right for the taint. Yeah, how yeah. are you grabbing a taint that, that Don't ask. Strongly? Just don't ask. I don't, I don't know if you watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I may taught you like, the air quote like taint this. technique. It would look like this, and hope, 
the people at yeah do no yeah do something <laughs> so people can visualize yeah. it. yes <laughs> so you want like this but no don't explain folks at it. home he, like this. he has one hand in an air quote at the level so of his forehead it's JoJo's one at Bizarre the level Adventure of I would look like this um so JoJo JoJo's Bizarre Adventure that's very dramatic you, you're like a, a baroque yeah. painting um, right and now and Heather and Campbell I think she would I think she would get it um yeah. but like it'd be like this and then this my left hand would come up for the jugular, right hand would come up for the taint, and then I would use my stands um, and then just rip them in half. Oh, yeah, just as simple as that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's, 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 they, so they, they if you watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, you'd get it. Um, if you don't, I mean, like, why, why, do, why do you, like, what do you watch? I don't think <laughs> any of it matters whether we get it or not. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for another episode of Sketch Nerds. A very special thanks to our guest, Stephen Hale, for being a guest on today's show and for letting us put you through what we just put you through. So where can our listeners find you online if indeed you want to be found? Oh, um, I think I'm deleting my Facebook. Uh, Fair. Uh, so, you know, if you really want, you can just... Is that uh, because of the Russians? Yeah, or yeah just other reasons. Over? That's like Isaiah, who hasn't talked at all, kept, he kept messaging me. Mm-hmm. And, like, I didn't check it for, like, a good month. And then I finally checked it, and I was like, this fucking guy thinks I'm an asshole. (laughs) Oh, but you can find me at, uh, uh, why don't you go to drafthousecomedy.com, click on classes. You can see the classes that are being offered there. There's level ones, level twos, and I'm constantly trying to put up sketch shows. If they have me. If you're listening to this, like, in, like, 2020, for some reason, maybe I won't be here anymore. Maybe none of us will. It's, it's a strange time. You should check with your wife first and her plans. Yeah. <laughs> Listeners, please like, share, subscribe, and if you really liked it, give us a five-star rating on iTunes. If you didn't like it, don't rate us at all, you bastards. If you have a sketch you're interested in us breaking down, please send it to us. We would love to do that. You can find out more about Sketch Nerds and Bad Medicine at badmedicinecomedy.com slash sketchnerds where you can also find links to the sketches that we discussed today, which, again, you should watch. You can find this podcast and previous episodes wherever you get your podcasts. For Stephen Hale, Julian, and E.K., I'm Seth Alcorn. Thanks very much for listening to Sketch Nerds. This episode was produced by Isaiah Hedden and recorded in Washington, D.C. The closing music tracks were provided by SoundtrackForEverything.com. All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act, Fair Use Exemption, for criticism and commentary. The Sketch Nerds podcast is brought to you by the sketch comedy group Bad Medicine, D.C.'s best sketch comedy about the worst of humanity. For showtimes, videos, and funny t-shirts, please visit badmedicinecomedy.com.